Hello and welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond is the leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you can find out how Beyond can help you and your vacation rental business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Today we are talking about that most exciting of topics, insurance. We all need it. We all need it for our properties. We all need it for liability. And yet it sort of comes across as as a bit staid and boring and not something we really want to discuss. But we have to discuss it. I want to share some feedback I've had from a few owners recently that has worried me a little. And I'm going to be talking to Andrew Bate from Safely about all this. So we are going to make the topic of insurance really exciting. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, so delighted to be back with you once again. So the topic of today's show is insurance, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it was that I've seen a number of posts on Facebook groups about whether it's necessary if you are advertising on Airbnb, to actually have your place insured separately for rentals with your current insurance company. I've always had a view on this. The first one is never put all your eggs in one basket. So just because you're advertising on Airbnb now doesn't mean you're going to be advertising on just on Airbnb in the future. And an Airbnb host guarantee policy is not going to cover you for a booking taken on Verbo or on booking.com or on your own direct booking website, if you like. So that is the first thing. The second thing is you must have your property insured with your own insurance company. Do not rely on Airbnb to give you that coverage, regardless of what they're saying on their site that if your place burns down when there is a guest in place, that they will cover it all. Or if if, if a guest has a party and damages something that is of huge value and very special to you, or they break an appliance, that they're going to cover you. There's too many stories out there about their reluctance to come forward and honour some of those insurance agreements. Now, I'm not saying that they don't. And I have also heard stories where they have jumped in and paid owners out for catastrophic damage, etc. But Airbnb is not an insurance company. And this is my opinion, of course. And I know that there will be people who would argue that opinion, who say, I'm on Airbnb, I have insurance with them, and everything is hunky-dory. Well, that's absolutely fine. And and I accept that there are those I will never sway. But for the majority who may be wondering whether you have enough insurance with that Airbnb policy, I would encourage you to listen to the upcoming interview with Andrew Bate of Safely, as he's going to tell us why you need insurance in the first place, why you need liability cover. He's going to share some stories of things that happen in vacation rentals and why having good insurance cover made all the difference in the world to those hosts and managers at the time. And he's also going to be talking about things like screening You know, how do we screen even when when we're on Airbnb and the sort of red flags that might indicate potential problem guests in the first place. So you never have to get to a point of having to claim on insurance because you've screened out those guests to start with. So without further ado, let's go right on over to my interview with Andrew Bate of Safely. (laughs) 
So I'm super happy to have with me today Andrew Bate from Safely. And we're going to talk about that exciting topic of insurance. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Heather. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It's been a while since I talked about insurance. I have done this, you know, over over the years of recording the podcast. Every so often we come back to this topic. But it's, you know, hugely important to us at the moment because we're hearing some really disturbing stuff, I think, from some owners who have been drinking the Airbnb Kool-Aid, I think. Uh, and this is a topic we're going to come to a bit later on, but I just wanted to share this one with you because I just mentioned it in the introduction about, you know, people thinking that they have Airbnb insurance, therefore it covers them for everything. So that that's definitely a topic we're going to cover and perhaps just put this one to rest. And one of the reasons I'm really so happy to have you on here as an insurance expert. So, so let's kick off, you know, for me asking you, how did you get into this business? What excites you about vacation rentals? But, uh, you know, how, how did you get here in the first place? Oh, you got it. And um, that, that's an interesting question because nobody gets into insurance like on purpose. <laughs> you ask anyone in insurance and there's something that caused them to get there. And, uh, and then they're happy, right? No problems with the whole industry, the whole insurance industry. But how did they get there is really a, a question I asked people a lot too. And, and for me, it came through hospitality. So my background is in travel and hospitality. I was a consultant at, at McKinsey, the, um, the management consulting firm in the travel practice. So only worked with travel clients for a while. I started my own you know, hotel upgrade company where, where groups could come together and negotiate upgrades with hotels, you know, a decade ago, you know, Every you know, my whole career has been about hospitality and travel, and and what I saw is the biggest problem in the travel industry was that homeowners were leaving their second homes empty, and to me that was the worst thing. If in the airline industry you leave a Boeing empty for ninety percent of the year, that costs you millions and millions and millions of dollars, and and really all of travel is about maximizing the utility of an asset. You build a hotel. How do you get the maximum occupancy? How do you earn a free cash flow from that really expensive asset that has no value as time goes by? You know, as that day ends, you close out the books for that night. No one stayed there. There, That asset was not monetized. Same with an airplane. You shut that door. That's how much money you're getting from that airplane for the next two and a half hours or so. And, and so seeing these homes, you usually a family's most valuable asset just sitting empty just it hurt me it was how can you be so sophisticated and buy a second home and then be so unsophisticated and leave it empty and and so you know i i interviewed hundreds and hundreds of homeowners and asked them well how can you be so smart but so i wouldn't say stupid but not sophisticated because you have this really nice asset lots of people want to stay and they're like well i don't want internet strangers in my house and sleeping in my bed that's weird too that's more stupid than leaving this home empty and so that's where i started to study what will it take so a homeowner can feel comfortable monetizing their home and it really comes down to two questions who's staying in my house and what happens when something goes wrong? If we can answer those two questions, now they can think about, I'm going to list it. Do I use a property manager? Do I manage it myself? Where do I find a cleaner? How do I price it right? But those questions come second. You have to feel comfortable with renting in the first place. And insurance is a perfect instrument to help answer the second question, what happens when something goes wrong? So here I am, and it, it's been a long journey. We started in 2013. And so built a whole policy from scratch, learned a lot over the time. But but probably the good part is, you know, I didn't come at this problem with the lens of an insurance agent or something like that. I came at this with, we have a hospitality need that needs to be solved. How can we get insurance to solve it rather than how can we take this insurance program that we have and force fit it into, uh, into a new problem, which, which just can't work. So that's how I got here. And now I love it. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. How do you shoehorn a, a product that's already out there into a different market, but building the product around 
the problem, I guess, is is such a, a much better way of doing it. I mean, I know this. I deal with insurance companies across Ontario because every one of our owners within our property management company has to be insured. And that's been a challenge with some of the bigger insurance companies that, that really don't understand the market Um yeah, well, the, 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 there are some issues, and perhaps we'll we'll chat about that privately <laughs> with <laughs> with, with certain suppliers. But let's let's just kick off, and you know, this is the question that people always ask when when I when I talk to new owners. One of the first questions they say to me is, you know, what happens if if somebody trashes my place? If they if there is catastrophic damage, what, what happens to me as an owner? What happens to my my property? And, and often my reply is, well, statistically, you know, issues like this arise really, really rarely. But when they do, it can be, you know, a, a life-changing experience. And we've seen, you know, we know Justin Ford from, from Breezeway, who is constantly <laughs> reminding us of things that can happen and sometimes the catastrophic things that can happen in a rental. So, for example, a home's burnt to a ground or a guest is injured in a home and due to negligence. Can you share some examples that, uh, that you've come across in your time in this, in this industry? Sure, we we have a lot. I, I mean, there are there are a lot of approaches here. One is, you know, what happens when your home gets trashed, and um, you know, we're finding that's a two or three thousand dollar problem. Sometimes, if it's really just superficial, it's you know, extra cleaning, frustration, but not a lot of financial damage. But but we're really seeing the big, the big damages top out at seven eight thousand dollars, which is still more than any of us ever want to pay, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's limited. What I'm really, really worried about are, are those, like you said, someone gets hurt. And when you're a property manager, there's just an expectation that you'll take care of the house, not just an expectation you on the homeowner or the guest side, but also an expectation within the legal system that if you're a property manager, you're presenting a house that's up to code and, and is safe. And so that's the area where I, when I talk to a property manager, I really want to make sure they understand that there is liability there, even if in their contracts they say, I'm not liable. It's like, I can tell anyone I'm not liable, then punch them in the face, and I'm still going to be liable. Even if they signed a document that said I wasn't liable, I'm still, they're just things you're liable for. And, and so I just want to make sure that everyone understands, the property manager understands that there's some responsibility and risk there, even if they, they push that risk to the homeowner and say, all right, the homeowner, everything is on you and, and you need this insurance policy. But what I just, every time I talk to a new homeowner, an existing homeowner, a property manager, I just want to make sure you have some sort of insurance behind you by a real insurance company mm-hmm. that covers you that catastrophic thing that happens. I mean, we had probably three fires in the last two months, smaller fires, but over $100,000 of damage. You, A cigarette was thrown off a balcony. Some people didn't turn the stove off. They do that on vacation more often than you'd think. And and you know, that causes some damage. That's where you need the insurance. At Someone slips and falls. Mm-hmm. The pool isn't secured quite in the right way. The balcony isn't secured in the right way. That's where you really need the insurance. And that's you, that's what we're urging people to do. And you're right; it is a once in a lifetime event. But how many reservations do you have? Do you have hundreds? Do you have thousands over? A, and then over a decade, you have thousands and thousands of reservations. Maybe if you're managing a hundred homes or so. Well, all of a sudden, these law this law of large numbers starts to apply to you, and it's like, yeah, it won't happen this time. It won't happen this time. But in ten thousand times, it is going to happen. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen till it happens. And right. yeah, I think we'll, we'll, let's just go into a photograph that I saw on a listing. You know, once again, back to Justin Ford. He's, he's continuously posting photographs that just highlight the little things that hosts and managers perhaps don't think about. I mean, I've done the, the safety course with Breezeway and... I know now when I go and look at a property, if I go into a basement bedroom and I see, like in the photograph I saw yesterday, bunk beds pushed back against the egress window, that if we allow that to go ahead as a rental, then we can be classed as negligent because we have knowingly 
rented a property that doesn't meet safety code. And that, that's just one of those simple things. The other ones is, you know, deck railings being to code and the, the weight on a deck, for example. If the, if the deck doesn't, you know, if the property is allowing 14 to 16 people, but that deck is not securely attached to a property. And we've seen photographs that show how catastrophic that can be when everybody decides to run out to the deck and take a photograph, take, take that, that mega selfie and that deck's going to go. And that, that negligence is not just the owner. That lawsuit gets posted around to everybody. I mean, I know this thing <laughs> that, that, that mm-hmm. nobody is left out. You know, you, you're, you're not Billy No Mates on this one. Oh. <laughs> if, if there's a lawsuit, you're going to be cited in it. Exactly. And there's a, like, you look like you might have deep pockets. A property manager has deeper pockets than a homeowner, you, theoretically. And uh, then the booking site's going to get involved, of course, because they have the deepest pockets of all of us. So, yeah, everyone gets involved. Yeah, quite amazing. And people don't appear to understand it. Let's just go to this comments I had recently that, uh, you know, I don't need to get uh, short-term rental insurance on my short-term rental because I've listed on Airbnb. So I have Airbnb insurance, thinking that it covers them all the time. Can we address this? Yeah, I think there are a few issues. Um, the The most important issue is that if you have an asset that you want to protect, you know, a home, a car, it doesn't matter, your life, it needs to be an insurance policy written for you. Just no matter what, a booking site, you Verbo, Airbnb, they go to an insurance company and they they put out a tender. They see who can who can come up with the lowest price for this policy, with a good service, but still price matters. And this is a policy that is negotiated and written for a booking platform who is not you. And their needs are different than yours are. So it could be a perfect policy for Airbnb. That doesn't mean if you have assets to lose, that it's a perfect policy for you. If there's a, a conflict, um, guess what? The underwriters will side with the, with the booking site. You'll read in the terms of service. They say, this, you know, this might be insurance for you, but also we highly recommend you get your own insurance. It just shows that it wasn't created to protect only you. And that's what you need. This is your only second home or your only second and third home. This is really important to you for them. You're one of four or five million homes and they built a policy to protect it at the best available price. And so like that, that's just the core philosophy before we even talk about a specific policy. The thing I don't like about the Airbnb policy is, is this adversarial. You have to ask the guest to pay and you go back and forth and the guest has to decline it. And then you have this limited time to do this whole dance of fighting with the guest and trying to get them to pay. And then it goes into a, a claims process. But the problem is, I mean, back to what I said before, we're in the hospitality business. We're, we're telling a guest that he soiled the sheets and we want $200. And, and by the way, whether the guest did that or not, they don't respond well to that. That's not the end of their vacation they were thinking about. And so, you know, they leave a bad review. And then maybe they lie about something. They say, oh, well, I thought I saw a camera in there or something like that. And then, oh, you go through this whole cycle of nonsense because of this adversarial claims process where it just doesn't have to be like that. I, I can just tell you fundamentally we wouldn't be in business. We wouldn't have the... you. Know, customer retention that we have if the policy actually worked and it worked at scale and it, it you just people who have a choice and see enough volume are just not not choosing it so that that's kind of how i advise people if you have no assets it's like go that's a great policy for you but if you have assets then you need a, a your own insurance policy and and the other factor is is that airbnb are only going to insure you for bookings booked through their platform it's not a blanket right. policy. And how, <laughs> that's correct. So guess what? When you have a, a returning guest, they want to, like, you're emailing them all the time. And they want to book through you. So you want that reservation insured as well. And uh, even if, you're right, even if one booking site had the perfect policy, well, you don't want dependence on any one booking site. Mm-hmm. That's just, you 
common business sense that you don't depend on any one distribution channel, especially when we've seen how some of the booking sites have not been pro-property manager, pro-homeowner. They've been very pro-guest, and you can't put all of your eggs in that basket. So you need to double down on your direct bookings. You diversify your customer acquisition channels. And if you do that, well, then you need an insurance policy that covers your master calendar, not the calendar that sits on any one distribution channel. Well, I think we've made that point that, you know, you need to go and get specific insurance that co- that is for you and that covers your property and really, you know, go to a couple of providers, look at what they're offering and make your choices from that. I mean, certainly here in Ontario, we've got um, two or three really, really good brokers that specialize in short term rentals. So they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones, you know, to look for. Let's let's look at risk in general now, certainly from the perspective of the changes in booking patterns we've had over the past couple of years, you know, more domestic travel, a lot more guests working from home, the whole be leisure, business come leisure type of, of travel. Have the risks changed in the past few years? Is there, is there any, are you, are you seeing any difference in the types of claims that you're, you're receiving? Yeah, we've seen in the last year. So so what we saw in 2020, and this is counter to some reports I've seen in the media, but we saw our claims decrease proportionately to the number of reservations. So we saw the percentage of reservations with a claim decrease in 2020. Uh, I think people were hunkering down a little bit more. You're just going by yourself. You're not going with 15 other people especially in the mm-hmm. in the middle of covid where it, people were going for isolation versus going for socialization or or like more limited socialization among a core group versus a larger group so we did see the losses decrease in 2020 we didn't see a lot of the people who can't get into clubs go rent a house and then destroy it over a weekend especially in the outskirts of florida where we heard we heard a lot and we've seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. We didn't see a lot of that. So I just don't know the frequency of that happening. We didn't see it. But now we're seeing a little bit more social socialization. The losses are increasing. The, the frequency of a loss, though the losses, like the claim amount, has been decreasing a little bit. But the frequency is increasing. And, and I think that's just due to people are back into more of a leisure mode. And when you're in leisure mode, sometimes you're a little bit careless. Sometimes you take a few liberties and things happen. Whereas before it was, last year was more at home mode versus leisure mode. So that's what we've seen just in general, you know, in terms of occupancy across you, our whole, um, you know, all of our customers, where we've seen that biggest difference is March, April, May, the shoulder season, you know, September, October, November, where people don't have to go back to an office. They still have to work, but they don't have to go back to an office. So their time in a short-term home rental is no longer limited to mm-hmm. maybe the summer season or so. They're they're going more often. But our length of stay is staying pretty similar, only up half a day or so. You know, four and a half days to five days. We're not seeing the 20 and 30 night stays, uh, the really long ones of people being digital nomads as much as as sometimes we're hearing in in articles with with many of the platforms now you know instant booking is the norm so the only way really to to reduce risk is to actually get you know your your requirements for your guests in that listing how can a listing description help to reduce the risk when when that's all you've got right you know it's really interesting we we look at what characteristics lead to a, a bad stay. And, and we, we define a bad stay as where the guest is negligent. It's, they didn't have an accident. Like, that's fine. People have accidents all the time. Even carelessness, we call that vacation brain, where people are, you know, they're very successful in the real world. But you know, somehow they come into your house and they, they forgot common sense. They think that the towel rack can support them even though they do weigh more than 10 pounds. They think that um, they don't have to turn off the faucet in the bathtub for some reason. Um, it just, it's not negligence, but it's its not mm-hmm. purely accidental either. 
but we consider a bad say as pure negligence. Like someone snuck 40 people into a two bedroom condo. They snuck their dog in, caused damage. They, they were breaking the rules. They were swinging on the chandelier, things like that, like real negligence. And we haven't seen a close correlation with the actual house or how you listed the house, except for one, one characteristic. And that is when you, the ratio between the number of beds and the maximum occupancy. So like the same house, if it has three beds, three, let's say five beds, and you say this will sleep 10 people, mm-hmm. that stay will be better than a listing where it says, oh, there are five beds and we can take 18 people. You, same exact configuration, but you're attracting people to say, yeah. all right, this will work for our group, even though it's the exact same house. And as you know, there are homes that attract parties that attract more leisure events and and you know this if you manage a portfolio of them but but it's it, you know in terms of looking at the listing it's that one other tip that one of our customers gave us which works really well is you know if if you have what you think might be a high risk guest uh, you call them and say hey we can't wait for you to to come just if you need anything at all during the stay the neighbor he's he's a retired police officer He's so helpful. He might be a little nosy, but he's so helpful. You just need anything. You just, you know, you just go out on the back balcony and wave your hand and he's probably there. And uh, that kind of cues a few of them. It's like, well, maybe this isn't the right place. I mean, that does happen after the booking, but it can happen after an instant booking, too. I've uh, we we have done that. We have done that. (laughs) And it it does work. You know, we, we have a little expression about, you know, neighbors. Neighbors in our communities are, you know, they're very close and they look after their neighbors. So you may find somebody stops you and asks, you know, where you're from and, and, and is generally very friendly. So don't be put out by how friendly the neighbors are. They're not being nosy. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that often, no. you know, that, that, that usually serves the purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, Andrew, mm-hmm. I want to talk about screening in a moment because I know that's a subject dear to your heart, but I want to break just now for um, to hear a message from Ryan Saylor, the Director of Partnerships at Beyond. And he's answering another question from an interested property manager. So let's just move on over to that question and we'll be back to you, Andrew Bate, momentarily. So we're back with Ryan Saylor at Beyond. And, and here's a good question. How do I get started with Beyond? Well, it's a pretty easy. If you have your listing already set up on an OTA like Airbnb, Booking.com, VRBO or, or many others, you can plug in directly to Beyond and get started right away. If you are currently using a property management system, you can either connect directly through your property management system or reach out to our team directly on our website to help set that for you. From there, basically all you have to do is make sure everything, all your properties are pulling into beyond. You can go through and review what all of your listings look like, set the initial base prices, minimums, any other customizations that you want, and then hit one big green button to push everything out to all of your channels. So if that's Airbnb or booking.com, We'll update it automatically or push it out directly to your property management system. We make it all pretty easy to do for one listing or a hundred, right in the tool. I love that. I love the idea of pressing one green button. Sort of keep it easy. easy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, back to Andrew Bate of Safely, and we're going to talk about screening. And the, I mean, this is something I've, I've been in this business, you know, as a property manager for, for 20 years now, we acquire a lot of new owners every year. And one of the reasons that people choose us to manage their property is because we uh, focus on screening, we prioritize screening above everything else. We don't actually use any of the, well, we don't use Airbnb, a little bit of VRBO, but 99% of our guests come to us direct. And we have a system in place where, you know, we, we see a rental application, a booking form, and we assess it and screen it before we allow it to go through um, but it is becoming more difficult to screen guests to ensure a, a good fit for a property. You've got to be careful about the questions you ask, ask etc. So what can host managers do now to protect themselves 
you know, against the potential for, for people that perhaps shouldn't be renting their property, perhaps people that aren't a good match, and certainly disrespectful guests, partiers. And lately, and, and this is an issue I'd never thought of, was human trafficking. Because, um, you know, I, I hear from Florida, I, I've, I've, I've spoken to hosts and managers in, in Florida who talk about, you know, having to do a course in human trafficking as part of, of a certificate program to rent their properties out. So, Tell me about your your thoughts on screening in in these very different days. Yeah, I, I think the most important point that I want everyone to understand is you can screen guests. And and by the way, I'm speaking from a U.S. point of view. Europe, U.K. is different, so I'm speaking about the United States um, in you very specifically here. But what you can't do is discriminate against a member of a protected class. And so a protected class is someone who has maybe a, where you identify them based on their race, based on their religion, handicap status. The interesting, one of the interesting ones is age. You can discriminate against people under 40, just not over 40. And so, so that's why car rental places can say minimum age 25, no big deal. Like they can do that, but they can't say maximum age is 55, then you get in trouble, but you can say minimum age is 25. And so... The key is with any screening, like anything in the entire, like all the options available to you, is it can't discriminate against someone based on being a member of a protected class. By the way, someone who trashes homes is not a member of a protected class. You can discriminate against people who destroy homes or people who will be bad guests because none of those characteristics, those protected class characteristics, are indicative of how someone performs in a home anyway. So so the key is you can screen, but you can't do things that even give the appearance that you're discriminating against people of a protected class. So I just want to say that because a lot of homeowners, property managers I talk to say, well, we can't do that. You know, we'll get in trouble. And the answer is yes, you can screen, but you just have to be above board uh, there. Now, the the second question is, you know, what matters? How, how do you screen? And, and we've seen, you know, we look at really three characteristics, you know, about a, a guest, you know, first is you know, who they are and, you know, what their criminal history is. We check for felonies, we check sex offender lists, terrorist watch lists, things like that. The one there that I think matters most is, is the sex offender list. Most communities have said, we don't want sex offenders in our community. And um, we were renting homes in a community. And so, you know, we like to adhere to the, the local laws, whatever they are. In terms of felonies, there are enough rules that keep felonies from being reported after a certain amount of time. Felonies are also, you know, more serious crimes. And so often enough, if it's a really bad felony, well, they're not, they don't have the disposable income to be out and renting vacation homes. So, you know, we're seeing, well, that's a good check. And it, the regulators, the homeowner associations like it, it's not as predictive about how a stay takes place. Now, everyone here knows that how they book really matters. The length of stay matters. A two-night stay is way different from a seven-night stay and way different from a 90-day stay. You know, what's the advanced booking window? Did they book within two days? You know, was it Wednesday and they, they're booking for this weekend? And then the third is distance between their primary house and the home that they're renting. So are they getting on a plane and going to Hawaii? Those are much lower risk. But if they're just going uh, two hours outside of an urban area, you know, in Atlanta, running to the Blue Ridge Mountains, going to Savannah, Tybee, Hilton Head, you know, those are higher risk. You get together a gang of people and you're there for, for some fun uh, and fun well, I like it, does cause more damage than not fun. And so, so those are kind of you know, the characteristics that we think matter. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about distance from from you know, perspective of my company. Our cottage country area is located about two to three hours, the majority of it, two to three hours of Toronto. So certainly with our bigger properties, you know, when, when we screen, you know, we've got a property that's, that, that accommodates 12 to 14 people. It's very easy for a group to arrive and go, hey, this is just, you know, amazing. 
and get on the phone and text all their friends and say, hey, come up and join us for a day. Because they may think that day visits are fine and we can have 60 people up for a day. For <laughs> And we, we've, we've had this. Well, one example was a, a guest called and they'd booked a property that accommodated six people and asked how many cars they could park. So... You know, I'm going to talk about, in oh, fact, no. you know, what are red flags? And that's definitely a red flag. How many cars can we bring? Well, how many cars do you want to bring? Because the property accommodates six and you've told us you're four adults and two children. Oh, well, we're having a small wedding midweek and we've got 60 guests. Oh, no. And that, you know, mm-hmm. it was abs- there was no way that that could happen. This, this family were extremely upset because they had already arranged their small wedding at the property and just neglected to uh, to check it out until about a week before they went um so so you know that that leads me on to you know what part does gut reaction play in in screening because you know that that's definitely a red flag somebody calls up and says how many cars can we park what what other red flags would you say indicate might indicate that the, the guests that you thought were going to be fine maybe not going to be fine Right. And I can, I, let me just throw one more interesting phone call that you can get. And when they ask about the lighting in the house, they're filming an independent film or a, an alternative film, let's say. So we, we've had a, a couple of people, you, they got those questions and it was like, this is so weird. Why, why do you care about the lighting? Which side the sun comes up on? And then they, they show up at the house um, mid-stay and they needed that lighting and there were there were things going on and it wasn't a Hallmark movie. It was it was another kind of movie. Okay, I get it. And so so that's another talent. So parking, lighting, you just just pay attention. You know, it's the people who are squirrely about answering a question. Why are you here? And they they fumble a little bit. The other thing is the ones who are too well rehearsed because they're the ones who have the most to lose. Like, Heather, if you and I are booking a place, it's like we're pretty busy with our regular work. We might not be smooth when we ask a question. We might be distracted because, you know, we're going there for pure reasons. Whereas someone who is like, this has to work. My wedding depends on it. They're going to have all the answers rehearsed. So, so sometimes a perfect answer is almost as scary as a, you know, as this vague answer that that you might get. But you know, you you know some of those that when they say, "Why are you traveling?" Oh, it's just me and my grandma, which we all love. But it's not always just you and your grandma. If they're if they're, if they're a little proactive about saying how it's just them and their grandma. I start to get worried. They make a big point. Uh, oh, I, I, I run my own Airbnb, so, so I'm a host, so I'm going to be really, really respectful. Oh, can I have a discount too? But, but then I find some of the worst days are from other homeowners and hosts who are in this business. These are a lot of answers mm-hmm. to your question. Um, your spidey senses do matter. Now, what are they? It's it's hard to quantify them, and part, part of what we're trying to do is quantify them. I would just go back to that original warning. Just be careful about you having a bad feeling about people, you know, if it could look like that that's tied to them being, you know, maybe their English isn't as good. Maybe they're coming from a non-traditional background. Just, just be careful that if your spidey senses go off and you're worried, just think... Uh, think hard about how you act on it um, just so there's not the appearance that it's because of them being a member of a protected class. So that that's the other thing. Otherwise, you know, Airbnb is, is really quite good about if you're not comfortable with this guest, they, they're really good about mm-hmm. that. That you, uh, you've about just met- allowing a cancellation. Yeah. That, that is such a great point you make because you can, you know, you, you get that, that, that sense that something's not quite right. But, you know, I, I know from experience, you know, t- Toronto is one of the, is one of the most multicultural capitals in the world. And, and it always, we've, we've always said that, you know, every year we'll get these new guests because they are new Canadians. They're, they're new people that have come into the country and they are told that it's a rite of passage that you go and spend time in a cottage. It's what everybody does in the summer. So, so we deal with this, you know, all the time with people who who have very little in the way of of English skills, 
And, you know, our job is to make them feel super comfortable and explain to them things mm-hmm. that they, they might not know about being somewhere where it's very dark at night and very quiet at night if they've come from a big city. And, um, but yes, I mean, towards after 20 years, you know, you, you get that gut feeling that things are not as they, as they are said to be. Often this comes from groups of people when it's larger groups of people. I never have a problem. Families are just, uh, you know, they are, they are the best. But when you get these large groups of unrelated people, that's where our spidey senses start tingling. And that's when we, we certainly ask the question. And, and we make it very, very clear on our terms and conditions what the penalties are for over-occupancy. And I think, you know, you've got to have those terms and conditions that lay it out very clearly that this amount of people is allowed at the property. If you have more than that, you are liable to being asked to leave. So it's, it's just covering every step, I think, is, is the most important thing. But, I, but you make a really good point there. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to talk a little bit about negligence, because I think, you know, we, we touched on it a bit earlier on. What are the areas that hosts and managers need to consider with regard to claims of negligence? Yeah, uh, two things are actually three things are most important. First is there are codes, there are safety codes in your local area. And if you don't conform to those, there aren't many sympathetic people, you know, about whatever happens if your building, your home wasn't up to code. So really pay attention to that. Uh, I, I know it's hard. And, and of course, Breezeway is so good where they can have checklists. So you can have multiple inspections over time. But, but really, your number one job is make sure things are up to code. This minimum standard that your society, your community has set you've got to be there and have and be able to show that you have the regular checkpoints in there so that you're doing the best you can to stay compliant. The second one is about insurance coverage. And if you're underinsured, then all of a sudden there's also no sympathy for you by the courts or the juries if there's a big claim that you really were protecting yourself. So what often happens is if, if something big happens, they ask, well, what are your limits? If your limits are $100,000, guess what? You get sued for $100,000. If your limits are a million dollars, you get sued for a million dollars. And as long as that number is reasonable, you don't need $20 million for that one-off like David Beckham was saying in your house and like he's his body parts are more valuable than other people's body parts, so he gets 20 or someone else gets one. They're not really looking at that equation. It's more like, were you being responsible, getting the right amount of coverage, and it depends. Is that a hundred? Is that a million? I don't know. But were you being responsible? So just keeping that in mind, because if you go with just damage protection that covers $3,000 and then there's a liability incident, you know, no one's going to say that you really were protecting and, and meeting this social need of having the right insurance coverage when you're running a business. So that's, that's the second. And then the third is when something does happen, you know, first, don't, don't hide it, document it. Don't admit fault, but also you work with that person who got hurt. You send them a fruitcake, send them something. Like Try to be helpful, as helpful as you can, and be proactive because it really, especially with bodily injury, it comes to uh, are they feeling angry or not? A lot of people aren't opportunistic. You know, they don't want to go through this process. I know we hear the stories all the time about the people who are opportunistic, who sneak a cockroach in and want a discount or they try to blackmail you, whatever. But a lot of people aren't. They know accidents happen. So if you can just be caring and try to be helpful in in this stage rather than starting to blame each other too early, we've seen a lot of things just kind of Mm -hmm. disappear. It doesn't always happen. But it just kind of disappears. So try to put a little extra care, you know, when an incident happens. You check in on them. Be proactive. Those are kind of my three tips for managing that big liability. When do you contact your insurance company? This this was a a post on a Facebook group a, a, a few weeks ago. And there were a lot of comments on it. You know, some somebody had fallen down some stairs, had hurt their leg. There was no comment 
from the guest that they were going to make a claim. They were simply saying, I think your your staircase was unsafe. And I fell down, hurt myself. I don't know if, if they went to hospital. But what does a host or manager do in that instance? I mean, you, you just mentioned, you know, don't admit fault. But you also mentioned, you know, connecting with them. And so, so this was the queries that people say, you know, should I be connecting with the guest and saying, you know, I'm so sorry this happened to you, but where do you go from that? I mean, or, or do you, or some people said, don't say anything, talk to your insurance company first. And then somebody else said, well, don't talk to your insurance company yeah. because they'll put your <laughs> premium up. Yeah. <laughs> so everything here is true. Uh, like everything, everything is true. That said, if the guest is safe and they're not bleeding or something, I mean, take care of them if they need help. Like if you're there, they need help, do that. Call your insurance agent. Even if your your rates go up, I'll talk about that in a second. Even if your rates go up, this is the event right now that you are you need protection from. And because if it is questionable, oh, the stairs weren't safe. Well, maybe they can send out an inspector tomorrow to see how it is. And what if you could prove before you clean up and the next guest arrives, what if you can prove that, no, these are very good stairs. We're, we're fine. That's really valuable. And, and your insurance company can help with those, those proactive steps to just see how big a deal this, this could be. Because especially with vacation rentals, you can't leave the home in the same condition because you have a guest coming at 10:30 the next morning or mm-hmm. or four o'clock that next night and you've got to get it ready if there's blood if it wasn't safe you will you've got to make it safe but now it looks like you're hiding the evidence because you you have to clean up and so so that's why a call to your insurance company is is really valuable uh, because they'll help you with with some of those steps, and if you need that help, tell you what kind of pictures to take, things like that. Now, the the question of you don't want to tell your insurance company because then your rates go up. I can't answer that. Like our insurance policy is one that's made for claims. Like we want you to file. We know how often you should file a claim, and if you're not even filing claims that often, we call you and say, "What's going on? Why aren't you filing claims?" Because we're built to process claims, and we're not built to penalize you bad luck or a bad stay. So, but that's us, and I know you like I was saying earlier, we built the policy we thought we needed as as homeowners, as property managers, not the one that needed to be built as an insurance company that said we're very you know things are working just fine here so i i mean i'd worry about it but 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 man you need your insurance for those big things and and then they'll also defend you you part of an insurance policy is they'll defend you so they'll and they have better attorneys than you can find because they have 20,000 ongoing litigation you know events going on at any one moment and you know, you'll call your local person who's never done a you know, a home, a bodily injury, you know, claim before. So they are helpful. Uh-huh. It can get big for these things. So I'd say call. I love that. But, yes. but the point that rates <laughs> could go up, um, you know, that is also true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Andrew, you've you've actually, I, th- I think you've lifted <laughs> the topic of insurance to a much more interesting level. Uh, I, you know, I've certainly enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> um, before we finish, I want you to tell me about Safely and about the services that Safely provides. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, at Safely, we help your homeowners answer their two biggest questions. Who's staying in my house and what happens when something goes wrong? And so who's staying in my house? We have the right guest screening that I described, identity verification, sex offender list. We have a contributory database of bad guests, people who our customers have found. Uh, who should never rent again without the right supervision. We help you keep them out. Then the second piece is, well, what happens when something goes wrong? We have a commercial insurance policy that has no deductible, covers up to a million dollars. It covers bodily injury. It covers damage to the home structure and contents. And the homeowners are named insured. The property managers are named insured. And so is the guest. So we don't really get into a squabble about was it intentional? Was it accidental? Whose fault was it? If it's tied to the commercial liability, then we're on 
and we're paying for it. You don't have to deal with the booking sites. We are the primary commercial insurance policy. What works really well is we're only on when there's a reservation in the house. And then we're off when there's not a reservation in the house. So we don't replace the homeowner's policy. You still need that personal homeowner's policy. We're just commercial insurance you, mm-hmm. for the nights you need it. And then we're away. I love so that's that. what we do. Maybe I just had one one thing. We understand how property managers work. And so we're paying 90% of our claims this last month. 90% were paid in two business days. So an ACH right into your bank account because we know you don't have time to chase down the claim, to ask, hey, where did this go? You know, when am I getting my money? It's just like, no, file the claim. We help you through the whole process. And then it gets paid right away. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, everything uh, to do with Safely will be listed on the show notes and with a link to the Safely website and also how you can get hold of Andrew himself. So, Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure having you I love talking board. about this. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> I can tell. Thank you very much. I can tell. So, so thank you and you go ahead and have a, a great day. You too. Well, thank you, Andrew. That definitely was a, was a great conversation. And uh, the, there was a lot in there that I, you know, even after 20 years, I, I learned that I, I, I didn't actually know. So, you know, some of the things like, you know, being, don't be underinsured. You know, you need the right amount of coverage. I hadn't really thought about that. And also some of those red flags, you know, length of stay matters, how far in advance somebody's booking and the distance between the primary home and the vacation area. These things all matter. So I will leave you to uh, to digest all that and have a think about your insurance coverage and whether it's sufficient. And certainly if you think you are insured by Airbnb for anything beyond Airbnb, as well as for a lot of other reasons, you need to get out and get your own coverage and not just use theirs. So uh, yeah, as I say, I hope that gives you some food for thought. Okay, I am done for the rest of my day, actually. I'm heading out for a hike and looking forward to that. And as I say, really enjoyed this discussion, really enjoyed being with you. If you would like to leave me a review, of course, I would love it. Just go to iTunes or wherever else you listen to your podcasts and and leave me hopefully a five-star review because the more reviews we get, the more visitors and listeners we have to the podcast, uh, which motivates me to keep doing this thing. You know, we're up at about four, uh, 440 episodes now and I want to keep going. So hopefully you want me to keep going too. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond. For more information and to connect with Beyond team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.